Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love honest health and wellness, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel, and I am so excited for today's interview because I am interviewing someone. That's why I'm excited. I've been doing so many solo casts. It's just been a different energy for the show and it's been great, but I have a super special guest today. She's a friend of mine and a prior client um, and I just adore her. I think she's so inspiring and so special and her offerings and service to women and everyone in the world is great. So I just am really excited to share her knowledge and wisdom with you. We talk about her recovery story and we talk about how, where that's led her physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We talk about herbalism. That's her path. Um, we talk about human design a little bit. We talk a lot about intuition. It's just a really beautiful, holistic episode. So I'm very, very excited for you to hear it. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to get right into it. So I hope you enjoy this lovely episode with my dear friend, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. We have Rachel, my friend, on Take the Cake. And we were just catching up, but I was like, I want to press record and catch up because I think that's always valuable. So um, Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm <laughs> Good, and I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be talking to you and catching up. Um, yeah. I know. It's been a long time. We've known each other for, what, two years now? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that. I, I think we, I think October 2021 is when we oh, first. Oh, my gosh. That's okay. So it's been almost, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Um, well you've traveled a lot since, um, I've known you, you started in California, then you went to the UK and now you're in North Carolina. And I think you went to New York a little bit in there too, right? Yeah. yeah well, my family still lives in New York, so I went to visit them. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So you've been like bopping around all over the world. We've been um, planning to do this podcast. We've been kind of back and forth with it since you've been in the UK, but we were just talking about how divine timing works and we're so excited to be doing it today. So Rachel, tell my audience about you, anything you want to share, take, take it away. Wow. Okay. Well, we first met because I was working with you, you as you were being my recovery coach when mm -hmm. I was still in treatment. I'm in recovery for an eating disorder and I was stepping down from PHP to IOP and felt like I just needed a little extra support. And it was pretty much the day you announced starting recovery. <laughs> and I was like, it's a sign. <laughs> uh, I reached out to you right away and it was so helpful. It was amazing. And, and not just having you as a recovery coach, but just, you know, connecting on all different levels was so special to me. And throughout our time together, I discharged from treatment. And then I, we stopped working together when I decided to move to the UK because I was working with an herbalist. I just finished my certification for to become an herbalist. 
um, and wanted to work more closely with one. So that's why I moved to the UK. Um, and I did a whole mentorship program with her. And that was really wonderful. I got to travel a bit while I was in the UK. Um, and it felt, I've traveled a lot in my life, but this was really the first time I had traveled in a stronger, in recovery at all, mm-hmm. um, and in a stronger place. So it was, it was really special. And then I've always had these intuitive knowings of when it's time for a shift. And I just, I knew it was time for a change and I finished my mentorship and there's lots of details to the story, which I could go into, but ended up in North Carolina now starting my own business. And um, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) Wait, I want you to go into those details because Rachel is one of the most intuitive in tune people I've ever met. And I've said this to you over and over and over again. So I would love to know your process in like making these big life decisions. Cause you're intuitive with big decisions, small decisions. So tell me, tell us. (laughs) Yeah. So at first when I was in the UK, I had this idea. My dog flew with me from California he's traveled with me he's so cute um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he also was crucial in my recovery um and I had this idea to road trip throughout Europe with him because you can't really take dogs on trains and I didn't want to fly him everywhere obviously car felt like the only option and I just had this idea and I was so uh stuck on it and then my parents came to visit me in the UK and I t- <laughs> I hesitantly told them about this idea and they were not pleased. And it was a really intense conversation. And my dad was just like, you've always had this dream of starting a business and having this community and all these things. And through our conversation, I realized that that decision to travel was, of course, it was a dream. Like I love traveling, but also it was because of fear and holding myself back from actually working towards this goal that I've always wanted. Um, And then he just started listing all these places that he thought I would like in the U.S. He's like, the U.S. has many amazing nature places. (laughs) And And when he said North Carolina, I had never even thought about North Carolina, like in my life ever. And he just said the name and all of a sudden I was like, "That's, that's the place. I just know that's the place. And for me, it's it's really being able to just listen to that voice inside me. I in in during that conversation, I was like really emotional, so upset. And when he said North Carolina, I just felt a sense of peace come over me. Mm-hmm. And leaning into those emotions is how I knew. And then the emotion continued throughout time of just this grounded knowing. Mm-hmm. So So you're saying, I love this. So you're saying it started off as a feeling and then you didn't resist it. You like noticed it. And then throughout your days, it got more and more, I guess it became more of like a decision. It became more strong and you felt more peace. Beautiful. I think a lot of people, including myself often like really want these like grand gestures from like the universe or signs or something like that, which sometimes I think we get them and it's really cool when that happens. But I think we become really normalized to like 
the feelings, like internal soft feelings. And I think that's so beautiful that you like allow that to grow. You know what I mean? And like, and not have it be like, I hit rock bottom and that's when I knew I had to make a change, which I think is totally fine if people do that. But because I've done that before in my life, but sometimes it's like soft. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And that's um, another part of what I do is I'm a human design reader and I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but it tell in your human design, it tells you how your intuition speaks to you and learning that mind speaks to me through my emotions has really helped me strengthen that muscle and lean into those knowings. Uh, so it's different for everyone. It's not always in that same way. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. I do want to know, like, as your friend who hasn't talked to you in a while and for the podcast, I do want to know what your experience was like working with an herbalist in the UK, because you were in, I don't want to say the middle of nowhere, but the way you described it to me before you left, you were like, I'm kind of going to a place that you've probably never heard of. And I was like, definitely never heard of that, but, and it looked like a fairy tale. (laughs) So tell me. Yeah, it was a really beautiful place. So I was in the Cotswolds, which is, if I'm remembering it, I mean, I didn't leave that long ago, but I think it's like three hours outside of London, maybe a little less okay. in the countryside. And I was in an area called Gloucestershire. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but it's really the whole time I was there, unless I was in a city. But when I was in the countryside, I only heard like two other Americans the entire time. Oh it was gosh. wild. Um, but it really was kind of, like something out of a fairy tale it was really beautiful and all the old houses and countryside and (laughs) all the things amazing and did you learn like did you learn a lot was it just like practicing what you've already learned you know what I mean like actually getting hands-on experience with herbs yeah I learned so much I was able to work and get to know my mentor really closely and that it was something very few people I think get the opportunity to do to work one-on-one with someone in that way and be really immersed in the land and the plants and all the things um so I of course I'm my certification I did before that was very in-depth and I got so much knowledge from that but actually being able to be one-on-one with someone who knows their uh, like my mentor is one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met when it comes to herbalism so I got so much value out of working with her in that way yeah amazing okay I want to talk more about herbalism but before that I just want to say I'm so proud of you for being you. And, um, I, I honestly didn't know how much you wanted to share. That's why I was like, take it away and you share what you want to share, but I'm so happy to hear that you are like open about your recovery. And I know that you've been open on social media too. So can we talk a little bit about your recovery? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will, I'm, I honestly will talk about anything. I'm Amazing. Really- okay, good. Um, because you came a really long way and, and, you know, you've always been you and you've always been strong, but it was so 
so cool to witness you just stepping into like, like we were saying, like these intuitive knowings that you, you knew, like you knew what you needed to do and you knew your path. And it was just really beautiful to see like week after week show up. So I don't know, tell me about a little bit more about your recovery and just your story. Like anything you want to share would be so valuable. Sure. That feels like a (laughs) question. I know. I literally asked you the most general question. (laughs) Um, I will do my best. And if I'm going on too long, you can always tell me, but (laughs) for me, my story with an eating disorder started in high school and I didn't get help at that time. I kind of just figured out, found my own way, survived college, traveled a lot, which did help me because I was really passionate about that. But, and then I started to struggle again, really severely when I graduated college and moved to Hawaii. Um, And I was in Hawaii teaching yoga, which is the third thing I do. (laughs) (laughs) And that I've just, I think the combination of being really immersed in the yoga world and being a little bit of a perfectionist and just be, and being in Hawaii where everyone's very all about health and wellness for me, wasn't a good combination. Um, and I just got really caught up in that. I, and I, for a long time, I didn't see it as a problem because I was getting so much positive reinforcement and I wasn't necessarily doing it to lose weight in a conscious way. It was just like, this is who I am and this is what I do. And I felt like I was thriving and everyone thought I was thriving for a really long time. Um, And then I had that knowing come up of like, okay, it's time to go. And I really think it was this subconscious voice in my head of like, you have, you have to leave. It's not time. It's go. (laughs) You got to go. And that brought me to California where I went to grad school for yoga therapy. And um, I'm really grateful. I found that program. It's still a huge part of my life and my work, Um, but it's still being in, in the yoga world still was, was not super helpful for me. Um, isolation is always a big thing for me. So I was just so much in my own world doing my own thing. And, uh, I get very into my, my own routine. And I think rigidity and control was a huge part of it. Like I had to do my schedule in my way. And if I didn't, it felt like the world was going to fall apart. Um, and I, it's hard to like make this a short story. No, you're doing great. Um, so eventually for a while, I still didn't think I had, I was had a problem, but there was this voice in my head that was like, I feel like you just need some support 
with disordered eating or changing some behaviors around exercise. And so I had this thought of reaching out to a treatment center to see if they knew of any outpatient therapists, because I had never even been to therapy at this time. Um, and I was struggling to find someone who could help because I was new to the area and I really, I wasn't talking to anyone about this. Uh, and I still wasn't even really talking to myself about it. When I look back, mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how I made that decision to call someone because I thought I was telling, I thought I was fine. Um, but I found this treatment center nearby and called them and just asked if they had any referrals. I said, I was like, I'm fine. I don't need help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling to be, to go to your center. I just, you know, I just am looking for a therapist. Uh, and they said, I think we should do an intake just to see where you're at. And I was like, I'm fine. But, but mm -hmm. we did the intake and they said, we really think that you should come into this to, and come to the center. And that was really confusing for me. And at the time I was in grad school, I was working and I told them, I just didn't think I could make it work. And they said, okay, why don't we try IOP? Um, so I tried IOP for a week. And then after that first week I came in and they said, if you don't go to residential today, we can't see you anymore. Oh my God. Okay. So for people who don't know, IOP is intensive outpatient and um, residential is the other way. It's the other end of the spectrum. And that's when you live in a treatment facility, like 24 seven constantly. Yeah. Treatment. yeah. So it was really jarring. And at that time I was new to treatment. Like I didn't know all the lingo. I didn't know anything that it entailed, which is probably a good thing. Cause if I did know what it was entailed, I probably mm. would have ran. Said no. <laughs> Hung up the <laughs> phone or said bye-bye. <laughs> um, so that kind of entered me into my recovery. It really, I think my intuition brought me there, but it wasn't like a willing, conscious decision to go to residential treatment. Um, That's where I ended up. <laughs> that's like hearing you talk about this. This is literally what it's like to live with an eating disorder is you calling the treatment center and saying, I need help, but I'm okay. Like, I can't think of a more, like a better metaphor for what it's like to live with an eating disorder. Hold on a second. It's grand. Can you hear the grandfather clock? I can. <laughs> My parents have a grandfather clock. I'm like, yes, I know it's the next hour. <laughs> it's also two minutes it's early. Really so funny. I know. That's so funny. I just, yeah, I can't think of like a more accurate, metaphor to having an eating disorder than having like these two like you're like kind of like conscious and unconscious of like both of these like it's like the war within like it's really hard so anyways I'm really proud of you for that decision even though you don't know how you did it like I totally understand I can empathize with that a lot yeah that is so true and I was even talking to someone really recently about this a similar story and I felt really, it felt really hard to explain this to them because I don't think someone with who hasn't gone through this could understand mm -hmm. the fact that like, I know I'm really not okay. And also I'm totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. 
thriving. You're like, I'm definitely like, like, yeah, exactly. You're like, I know that I'm doing this, 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 and this, and this is not good for me, but it's okay. Like, I'm going to be okay. I think we just like, it's like a recipe of like ignorance mixed with like, obviously just mental health. Like there's just some things like, and like you said, this control, like, I don't know, there's who knows there, we manifest eating disorders, disordered eating, whatever your thing is, we manifest it because of so many factors. So it's like, not, not like we can put our finger on one thing. I don't think that's helpful, but um, okay. So then you went to residential and then you eventually got discharged from residential. I mean, yeah. Do you want to share anything else? Sure. So, (laughs) and that was right when the pandemic started. So my experience in lockdown was very different than other people because I was kind of already in lockdown. Um, But, and most of most of that time I spent in treatment, I kind of went up and down levels of care at that treatment center and eventually came to the conclusion that although it was so crucial for me to go to treatment at that time, that center was not the right fit for me. Um, So I ended up leaving and found a really great outpatient team, which to this day, I still work with that same dietitian and they definitely saved me. Like they were amazing, are amazing. Um, But long story short, I ended up back in treatment and this time around was a much better fit for me. Um, And I was able to go through all the levels of care in a much more grounded way. And that's when I started working with you. And then I was able to discharge at a time that we felt was suitable. So. Uh, I love, I'm like flashing back to working with you. It was so special. We just had so many, like, I just feel like every single session we had together, we would somehow like get a, get a cry in, get a laugh, get like a belly laugh in, (laughs) you know, it was just like a really special time. Um, Amazing. So tell me about, so you, do you consider yourself in recovery still? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I, Great. I very much, even though I'm in the best place I've ever been in in my life and am really strong and stable in my recovery, there are definitely still things I'm really working on. And it's, it's something that I work with every single day. It's really, really refreshing to experience somebody very confident in their like spot in life. And it just is nice to see you being so present and like, so grounded in this experience. It just goes to show how strong you are. And and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I want to talk about herbalism. I want to talk about um, the work that you do, the work that you want to do more of. And um, I don't know how you, how you imagine and envision your new business happening and like what your day-to-day is going to look like. So tell me, I don't know, tell me about herbalism 
in your eyes and like why it's so special and why you love it so much and anything you want to share about it. I don't know that much about, I mean, I know like common herbs, but I don't know. Tell me, teach me. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, I, so on the herbalism front, I love making products. I think it's so (laughs) much fun. I, I'm really grateful I found herbalism at a time when I was so grounded in my recovery because it's, it comes from a really, my love for it comes from a really pure place. Like I stay away from all the detox things and the weight thing. Like I just do it because it brings me so much joy. And I feel for me, I focus on working with plants that can really help with mental health, like anxiety, Mm. depression, any, honestly, anything, um, in that realm. So, and, and self-love and just all that kind of stuff. So more from an energetic point of view, I guess you could say, but I love making products that help people feel more connected to themselves and feel more connected to nature and allow them to really slow down and feel grounded. Uh, So that's what I focus on when I'm making products. I very much, I'm working with clients now and as I'm building my business, I like to combine all my modalities. So herbalism, human design, and yoga therapy, like I like doing them in conjunction with each other. Uh, and I think that they all complement them each other really well because it's all about reconnecting to your intuition, mm-hmm. reconnecting to yourself, nature, and really getting to know who you are authentically. So that's, yeah. So combining all three is, is what I love to do. Ugh so holistic and special and there's nothing better I think than learning like learning from somebody who has so much experience with like lots of different not even like they're not even that different I mean they all come from a very like you you said they really complement each other but oh there's nothing better that is like such a healer like you're such a healer I love that that's so cool um, I love to hear that. Okay, great. So if somebody like, I don't know, like give me like herbalism. I mean, literally don't give me herbalism one-on-one because it's probably literally a class that you took, but give me like herbalism, like, I don't know, some fun facts that like somebody who's never even Googled it or never taken herbs, like, I don't know, something that like you feel like is a good general overview of like how they work and stuff like that. I don't think that this is the true definition of herbalism. No, I don't want the true definition. To me, it's about connecting to nature and whether that's going out and getting to know the plants that are around you or just looking at a flower or it's drinking tea or it's putting on a body oil that smells really nice. Mm. I think it's, it, yeah, it's just having that deeper, deeper connection to nature, which in turn connects you deeper to yourself. 
for me, and it's a it's about use, using the magic that plants have to heal ourselves. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, I think about my very like limited knowledge of herbalism and even you saying like putting on a body oil or or just like drinking a tea. I don't I wouldn't actually like I do now, but before that, before you said that, I wouldn't think of that as herbalism because I think of like, okay, going to the acupuncturist and getting my herbs as herbalism, which of course it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like how like simple, just like some skincare could be. Um, Gosh, side note, there is nothing better than like yummy, decadent, like skincare that comes from the earth. Like my friend Mariana and I were talking about this. We love like um, medical grade skincare all the way. You know, it's like, it's powerful. You, It's got actives, like, you know, you're getting the results, but there's nothing like getting like a really nice natural skincare product that has herbs in it and like no, like nothing that you can't pronounce. And oh, it just feels so good anyways. But I, I love this. I love this like simple, more simple, broad definition of herbalism. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think that people, we overcomplicate things often. Mm-hmm. I know I can, especially when it comes to healing. Mm-hmm, I feel like people can make healing like a full-time job. I know in my recovery and even when I was in my eating disorder, it was like, how can I be perfect? How can I, and we just make it so complicated. Um, and I like to try to remind people that it's really the simple things and the small things that lead to the overall healing. Um, yeah. And nothing makes me happier than I have my apothecary upstairs and just going upstairs and choosing the plants that are calling to me and making a simple, like it just makes me so happy. Wait, what did you make this morning or like yesterday or something? Yeah. This morning I had ginger St. John's wort, and calendula. Mm. Yes, I needed some sunshine and some soothing. So, okay, I've heard of all those things. Um, I've used calendula oil on my skin. It's really good for your skin, right? Like yes. people use yeah. it for babies, for diaper rashes, right? For babies. Yeah, it's really good for rashes. I actually think I just posted something about calendula today. Mm. Um, yeah, really good for rashes and any irritation, both externally and internally. So. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. I love that. You know, I love hearing about little steps and like little things to make the overall healing. Like that is my jam. That's my motto when it comes to healing. I'm like the little things. And I love that because I think so many people discredit just like their experience, like so much of my healing journey. And I think a lot of people's healing journeys, I'm not going to like I don't speak for anyone else, but I just did whatever. I, I think a lot of um, a lot of people, including myself, discredit just living life as like true experience when it comes to, and even like on your on days where you feel like you're going backwards. I I I know that there's it's hard in the moment, but there is value in that because you're gathering experience and you're taking steps and you're like reminding yourself that you want to propel another way and you want to go forward. So I just love, I love that your sort of definition of healing is, is like that. It makes me happy. (laughs) 
Yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. And I have to remind myself of that every day, that every day we just show up and do our best and it's all forward movement, even if it feels like it's not. I love that. Okay. I know that this is probably like a service that you would need to like know somebody's, you know, it, like you would need to do an intake with somebody or you would no- need to know their stuff. But I don't know. What are like some common herbs that at least you could maybe like drop some fun little knowledge about? And I don't know. Is that is that allowed? Can we do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, great. I mean, I always my go-to is always St. John's work because it's, I think like the number one for mental health, it's Mm. the most, in my experience and from my learning, it's one of the most helpful for anxiety and calming your nervous system. So I always turn to St. John's work for that. And let's see, I'll try to give three. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't, ju- I can just do the ones that I mentioned in my team. Perfect. Let's do it. So, and then calendula is also really helpful for anxiety and mental health, but it's more, it's like a blues blocker. Like if you're just having a, a low day, mm. it helps bring some sunshine. And like I was saying, um, it really is helpful for your nervous system, your immune system, also to keep your period regular, which that's a whole other okay. story that we've talked about. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it. Um, and yeah. And then ginger, I'll take more if I'm feeling fire, like if I feel like I want to feel fiery and also helps your digestive system so much, but it, it definitely has a fire. So if you're already kind of feeling worked up or it's really hot out, it, it, it might rev that fire too much. Um, it really depends on your constitution, but I like to take ginger when I just want that burst of, of energy. Yeah. It's, um, it's super energetic, energizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh. Love. So those Great. are three ones, I think. Amazing. I've never taken calendula like internally. I've never drink it or you, you you typically drink teas, right? That's how you sort of, okay. Yeah. Well also, you know, you can take tinctures or oxymels there, like other. Oof. I want to see a tour of this apothecary of yours. This yeah, that sounds amazing. You. you show me. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yes. I can show you. Oh, that's um, amazing. But calendula, it's a really beautiful flower. It's yellow. So it has that sunshine. Mm. Oh, I love that. Okay, wait, tell me about this period stuff. What's up? <laughs> oh, well, I know you helped me work on my period a lot. That was mm-hmm. a big thing that we often talked about. And I got my period for the first time. I still struggle with getting my period, but I got it last month, which was really exciting. Yay! And who knows? I know that it might take a little while to get regular, but it was really and I got it once before I left for the UK. And I went, I think when I we remember were, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that this was the first time I got it since then. And it felt really strong. Like it felt like a mm. really, so we'll see if I get it again this month, I should get it this Ugh. week. 
Ooh, yeah. so how you feeling? You good? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you okay? I, I cried a lot yesterday. As I was <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I honestly definitely feel more in embodied and like and in my body than I ever have. And I feel just more. I feel more, I guess I'll say. Oh, I feel more. <laughs> it's so beautiful oh, when I hear that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Isn't it nice? I'm sure you had a ovulatory cycle then if you felt it. I'm so happy for you. You'll have to keep me updated if you get it. I'm not even in my, um, I'm in my, I'm actually in my ovulation phase right now, but I'm under the weather. So I feel like I'm not reaping the benefits of the ovulation this, this month because I'm pretty sick. <laughs> if you can tell. Um, but I'm so grateful every single time I like enter into, like, if I get my, I'm, I've had my period back for, I can't even I remember how many years it's been, but I'm still so grateful. Like, I don't think it's going to go away. So I'm so happy for you that you can be experience this like really special embodiment. And I do think that only people who like menstruating people who stop menstruating for a while can really be grateful for like crying and cramps and back pain and period stuff, because you're like, why would you want that? And you're like, you don't get it. You do want it. You want it. You want to be able to feel that um, sense of embodiment. So I'm so happy for you. Yay. Oh, <laughs> I completely agree. And I have never, I think that a, a service my eating story gave me was it numbed me from all my emotions. Mm. And I've never, when I started recovery, I just cried so much. And now I consider myself a very emotional person and it's so overwhelming, but it's so, it's such an integral part of who I am. And I look back on who I used to be and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't used to be this way. Like I'm so emotional now. I know. <laughs> I love it. Like it's great. I love that. And honestly, this is like a little bit random. Well, actually, I don't think it's random. I am pursuing acting. I used to pursue acting back when I had an eating disorder and I remember just feeling so blocked. It was an acting class. And I'm like, I just felt so numb all the time that it felt impossible to be an actor. And because I just was so blocked off, like I just felt nothing. I just felt whatever. Um, and then now I'm like, oh my God, this is like, I'm being called back into this because I have passion in my life again. I have freedom and autonomy and I feel like I can do it actually. And I want to do it and I want to go there. Whereas I think when we are in that fight or flight mode, it's like we can't handle, we can't bear like feeling anything because it's, it, we just can't for whatever reason. So I'm happy for both of us, man. I'm so excited for it. you. Oh, thank you. I'm so, and I'm so proud of you for <laughs> what you are feeling so drawn to and going back to it in such a different place in your life. Mm. It must be so cool to kind of compare. It is cool. I'm like that. I'm, I'm learning that I'm really like that. Like a lot of people I've definitely 
quote, given up on a lot of things that like didn't serve me in my life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to pursue that again, but I'm learning that I'm the type of person to (laughs) try things again. And I don't know, that's just me, but thank you so much. That means a lot to me. It's cool how even like, I don't know how many years in am I, I don't even know. Why can't I remember? I guess what year is it? (laughs) Okay. 18, 19, 20, I'm like five years into five years ago, I recovered or I started recovery. So I'm like a few years into like being completely recovered. And even today, like surprisingly, I, you know, am still finding like the wisdom really life-changing. So it's cool. It's cool. Can I ask you, do you, so you said that you know human design, do you know what type you are? Yeah. um, I'm a manifesting generator. This is you that. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, one of my friends, her name is Rochelle. She's awesome. She's like super into human design. And we just went like dove deep um, one day, kind of like uh, not like unexpectedly. We were just like getting dinner or something. And she was like, okay, let's do this. So it was really fascinating. But yeah, so you offer that service to your clients as well. Okay, cool. How is that? I am obsessed with human design. <laughs> I could talk about it all day. And I, when I look at someone's chart, I just get so excited because I, it just highlights how uniquely different we all are and mm-hmm. how much magic we all have. But I, and I think it comes back to that simplicity because it's these gifts that we have that we overlook because we think they're not important because they come so easy to us. And like, we think everyone's like that, but it's like, no, we're all so different. And these mm. things that come so naturally to you are like very special and unique to who you are. So. Wait, that's so touching. I love that. That's really sweet. <laughs> that's yeah. true. I do think people look past it, including me. Like I, I love that. Amazing. Um, so if somebody wants to learn more about your offerings, where can they find you slash like, yeah, what, what are you up to? What's in the works for you? So the easiest place is my website, probably um, intuitivelywild.com. I also am, am on Instagram, which is social media is a whole other topic, but I mean, um, so you can follow me there as well. And you can reach out to me through email on my website or on Instagram. I am offering sessions and I also have a lot of products coming out. I have mm. lots of projects Whoa. that are in the work, which I'm very excited mm. about. Um, but yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to check it out. I'll leave your Instagram down below and your website too. Yeah. Social media is an, a whole other freaking beast. <laughs> I haven't posted in like a week. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm really just trying to lean into the things that are exciting to me. So posting mm. what feels good versus like getting caught up in how it should look or what I should be doing. That's so. the way. That's the way, girl. I love it. I love it. Not that I know the way it's always changing the way of social media, but I think that's the way (laughs) I think that's good. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Do you have any like final thoughts or anything you want to leave my lovely, amazing audience with or anything else you want to share? 
Um, well, I'm so grateful to everyone for listening and I'm really excited mm -hmm. to be connected with people. I guess I would just, I don't know. What do I want to share? I mean, I would just love to connect with anyone who's interested in connecting either to work together or just chat. Um, I'm all about using my voice these days. Mm, so, yes, you are. Um, yeah. And I really just encourage people to get to know themselves and listen to their intuition and treat themselves a little kinder today than they did yesterday. Beautiful. Thank you, Rachel. You're the best. Yay. Thank you.